Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and periodically some interesting off-topic episodes that, for no other reason, your host finds interesting. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio, a position I've enjoyed for over three decades. In just a moment, we'll explore today's topic. You can find and listen to this podcast via any podcast app by searching for Weather Jazz, one word. Every episode is also available via the website weatherjazz.com, which is also where you'll find any accompanying information and links to which I may make reference. This is episode number 70 for April 26, 2019. It is Friday. We made it. And the first order of business right off the top, right out of the starting gate would be this. Thank you. Thank you very much from the very bottom of my heart. I'm thanking those of you that listen to Weather Jazz because as of earlier this week, I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday, we actually hit the 10,000 download mark for Season 2. Season 2 and Episode number 1 began back in September when we shifted the uh, whole texture of the program, so to speak, to make it a little more spontaneous uh, and a a little more current. And we're going to talk about some current things here in just a second. But since then, 70 episodes later, we have 10,000 downloads and listens via all kinds of platforms that are out there, the most recent being TuneIn. And if you own a Tesla by a chance, you automatically have TuneIn uh, on your panel, and you can now listen to Weather Jazz in your Tesla wherever you are. And, of course, uh, if you have a smartphone and you have a podcast app, you can listen to Weather Jazz, too. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be on weatherjazz.com, but that, too, is a favorite place for a lot of uh, listeners to get their latest episode. Well, happy Friday again. Uh, we made it this week. A lot went on, and one of those things that went on this week, before we get into the summer weather outlook and kind of an expanded uh, discussion about what we anticipate and how we arrived there, I want to get back to some winter weather. And that wintry weather uh, essentially meant a huge record for Caribou, Maine, which came to an end, uh, I believe it was on Monday or Tuesday this week, uh, when the old record, which was 155 continuous days, where they had at least one inch of snow, that was smashed with a brand new record which concluded uh, the early part of this week at 163 days. 163 days. That's just huge. Now, compare that to Cleveland, Ohio, just in case you're listening to uh, Weather Jazz from Cleveland or you're in the Northeast Ohio area. Compare that to the longest stretch of one inch or more that we saw here and now, granted, this winter was a little quirky in the sense that Cleveland ended up 30 inches below normal in snowfall, whereas Mansfield, Akron, Canton, Youngstown, much closer to normal. We kind of 
had a very, very strange donut hole anomaly occur this year with storm tracks going to our north and storm tracks going to our south. Uh, but um, despite that, we still had uh, 16 days in the month of January during that cold period, and especially after that one big weekend snowstorm where we had one inch of snow continuously covering the ground for, t- for uh, 16 days. And uh, so that is one-tenth of the length of Caribou, Maine, and their greatest depth, as we mentioned earlier, was 45 inches. And one of the unique ways that uh, we kind of gave it perspective, if you want to uh, consider how tall 45 inches is, it's about to your sternum in most adult males, uh, or an adult cat stacked one on top of another five times, and the tail would just barely poke out of the top of the, of the uh, snowpack. All right, let's switch gears. We're going to go from wintertime now to summer. And today on Fox 8 News, we unveiled our summer weather outlook. And there's a lot of interest in that, especially the two seasons, the extreme seasons, if you will. The most popular is obviously the winter weather outlook. And that's what sells a lot of old farmers' almanacs, just to give you a little perspective. It's not the summer weather outlook, it's the winter. And they always come out in September and cover the period September through the following uh, summer. Uh, But there's still an interest in summer weather. What is the summer going to be like? And typically, you're not talking about, obviously, snowpack, because there's no snow in the summertime. But we do uh, take an interest most of us, uh, in the number of 90-degree days that we have and also the number of severe weather episodes and perhaps uh, how much rain we're going to see, whether it will be a drier-than-normal summer, near-normal summer, or wetter-than-normal summer. And as you probably know, we've been all over the place on all of those fronts, no pun intended there, uh, for the entire uh course of the last couple of decades. Uh, Let me give you a for instance. The number of 90 degree days can really vary a lot. The average is 10, uh, but that 10 has a lot of elbow room on either side. For instance, in the year 2000, we had no 90 degree days. I think the warmest that year was 88 degrees. Imagine that. But that was a very cloudy and a very humid Uh, summer with a lot of rain, above normal rainfall, and I believe a slightly above normal number of severe weather episodes. So that stands to reason. A lot of cloud cover keeps that uh, sunshine at a minimum, and it keeps that temperature a little bit lower. Also, an increase in the humidity will also cap the uh, temperature. That's why the desert southwest, by the way, sees uh, temperatures that are so much higher in the daytime than uh, Cleveland, Ohio, or even Memphis, Tennessee, because there are water molecules in the atmosphere. Whenever there's a lot of humidity, the sun's energy actually uh, gets absorbed or stored by these water molecules in the air, a lot like a capacitor in a battery. And that's why at night, our nights, if you live in a humid uh, zone or anytime you have a humid night, uh, the temperatures just don't fall very much. That's because the water molecules that collected all of that energy during the day 
are we releasing it back into the atmosphere and all of the other molecules? They're sharing the energy with the other molecules, the, the oxygen molecules, the nitrogen molecules, and everything else that compromises or comprises of our atmosphere. Uh, so that's why uh, there is a, a, a bit less of a spread between daytime and nighttime when you get into a humid zone. That water molecule acts like a capacitor. And so you go to the desert southwest where there aren't too many water molecules there. You'll see temperatures shoot up to 120 in Death Valley. And then at night, as soon as the sun goes down, it'll go down into the 40s and 50s in some cases. Huge temperatures uh, that are swinging up and down because the sun now has direct access to warming up the water or the the all of the other molecules uh, that comprise of the atmosphere and uh, we can take a much direct much more direct measurement of that energy with those backyard thermometers so there you have it we have uh, some spread uh, but um, what are we looking at this year because normal is 10 well first of all let me tell you that the the mean heat dome not to say that it won't move periodically but it appears as though uh, we are looking at uh, the heat dome to be in the uh, south central states from texas through florida through the carolinas and then up into the Ohio Valley. And that means the jet stream should be just to our north. That will play a part in this forecast here in just a second. Getting back to the number of 90-degree days, though, because that heat dome is going to be so close and periodically pushing up into the Ohio Valley, we are going to go for an above-normal year. And uh, we usually give ourselves a spread, and so this year, we're going for the number of 90-degree days when all is said and done and the summer is over, somewhere between 14 and 20. Now, this is going to be a little unusual in this case, and I mentioned this on the air, and that is that uh, the last three years have been above normal. 2016, we had 29 days above 90 degrees. In 2017, we had 19 days, and in 2018, last summer, 22 days, all above normal. So to have a fourth consecutive one would be a little unusual uh, given the fact that uh, since about 1965 to 1970, we have not had any more than three consecutive summers with above normal number of 90-degree days. Uh, however, if you go back uh, into our distant past when weather records were relatively young at Hopkins Airport, in the 1930s, in the 1940s, and the 1950s and early 1960s, these were common. In fact, I remember seeing that uh, we had seven summers in a row on the, in the 1930s and in the 1940s where the number of 90-degree days surpassed 10 consecutively. And so it was not unusual for the 30s. Now, remember, this was the Dust Bowl era. It makes sense. Uh, and the 30s, 40s, and 50s were um, generally characterized by a lot of uh, warm air. Whereas as soon as we dropped to 1965, we, uh, we went into a cooler mode for a little while. And so if we see a fourth year where the temperature goes above uh, 90 degrees more than 10 times, 
It'll be the first time since the very late 1950s that we've seen a collection of more than three. So we'll see how that goes. It goes against the grain, at least in terms of statistics. But the atmosphere doesn't listen to statistics, as we all know. It will do what it does, and it is pointing to a slightly warmer than normal summer. Okay, we're close to the jet stream. That usually means uh, pockets of thunderstorms. Whenever that jet stream comes in for a visit, it will increase the number of uh, showers and thunderstorm episodes that we see. It looks like with the jet stream the way it is, uh, we'll see the near normal number of severe weather episodes uh, and that uh, the heaviest period is going to be June 1st until about July the 20th. After that, it should quiet down uh, as we head from July 20th into the dog days and into and through August. Uh, but because of that jet stream waffling in and out, we are predicting that precipitation will probably end up being above normal when all is said and done between June 1st and the last day of August with near normal uh, numbers of severe weather episodes uh, because of the proximity of the jet stream. So there you have it. That's uh, essentially the uh, the overall look and going into depth a little bit more uh, here tonight because we have the elbow room to do it. Make sure that you share this episode with others who might be interested in the summer weather outlook. Now, we give the forecast with the knowledge that it is an outlook. Please remember that. Uh, outlooks uh, based on something that we call uh, analogs. In other words, we look at uh, other years that took on similar characteristics in the late winter uh, into the springtime. And we try to match it up and see what happened in those uh, summers. We do this practice in the winter as the wintertime approaches. But we also look at the other parameters, uh, the typical parameters. Uh, is there an El Nino? Is there a La Nina? What kind of uh, year are we going to see in the North Atlantic? That will play a big part in what we see here. Uh, so there is uh, a lot of speculation and uh, so this is not the kind of science that uh, is exhibited in your nightly forecast that you see for the next 36, 48-hour period, or for the next eight days, for that matter. Um, it is based on long-range patterns, and sometimes uh, it works really well, and the, and the fit is pretty decent. Most of the time, that works that way. Uh, that's why we are so general. But sometimes it's a total miss. And uh, because of other variables that either we did not see or did not count on or l do not understand as well as some of the other drivers. Now, the drivers in the summer are much, much weaker than the drivers in the winter. Winter forecasting is probably a little bit easier to do in terms of, uh, of long range for uh, December, January, and February, as opposed to the summer, which is uh, a uh, not as high amplitude in terms of the jet stream. It's a little more difficult to, to forecast a nuance, for instance, than it is a very definitive pattern. Uh, so having said all that, we hope it works out. We'll continue to monitor that for the Cleveland area. And uh, for those of you living outside of that, uh, perhaps we'll give a more general summer outlook 
uh, coming up in a later episode. So stay tuned for that at a later time. I also did receive uh, a great question about weather modification uh, from a listener that left me a voicemail on our Weather Jazz hotline. And if you want to call and leave us a question, I'll get to it and we'll save it. We'll consider it for a future episode. Please do that. I'm going to give you the number here. So get a piece of paper and a pen or pencil. I'll give you that number in just a moment. Let us know what's on your mind, even if it's just a comment about the broadcast, if you if you enjoy the program, maybe what you'd like to hear more of, or if you have a specific suggestion, would love to do that. Periodically, I'll use the Weather Jazz hotline to do some kind of survey. We did that initially, and we had a decent amount of success uh, doing that, and we'll do that more and more as uh, we head through the rest of this year. Okay, here is the number, the Weather Jazz Hotline, for those of you who would love to call and leave me a topic that you think I should cover and maybe a little bit about yourself. The number is 330-236-3333. A lot of threes in there. Here we go again, 330-236-3333. And you'll hear my voice and uh, just listen to the prompts, listen for the beep, and let me know what's on your mind. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We'll be talking to you very soon right here on Weather Jazz. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast today. And if you're listening via a mobile podcast app such as Breaker, Overcast, Google Podcast, or iTunes, among the many that are out there, Remember to subscribe to Weather Jazz so that you'll automatically download the new episodes as I am able to upload them. And please take a moment to offer a review, and every single one of those reviews helps to get the word out. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a program idea, I look forward to hearing from you. The best and the fastest method is via email. My email address is simply weatherjazz at yahoo.com. WeatherJazz and WeatherJazz.com is copyrighted, and the WeatherJazz signature is a registered trademark, all rights reserved. I look forward to being with you soon with a brand new episode right here on WeatherJazz.